Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, Goal Achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, this is Hal Elrod, and uh, I just finished a conversation that you are about to hear with Janai Lane, and Janai Lane is my coach. She's been a coach of mine for about a year, maybe a little more, and I actually met her through a good friend of mine, Michael McCarthy. Uh, Mike McCarthy is the co-author of The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families, good friend of mine, a neighbor actually right across the street. And uh, Mike was telling about Janai and how he's coached with her for, don't quote me, I think it's like 13 years, maybe 11 years, something like that. But he's coached with her twice a month, every month for over a decade. And I went, okay, I got to talk to this woman. Like that's, uh, you know, I've I've had had a few coaches in my day and uh, I've never stuck with anybody for, you know, more than a few years, let alone over a decade. And so I thought she must be pretty special. And uh, as you'll find out today, she is. Um, Janai operates from a different place than most people do. And what I mean by that is most of us operate from our head and our lives are dictated by our thoughts and our actions are chosen based on those thoughts, right? We really identify with our mind and with our ego. Janai is the author of a book called Spirit-Led Instead the little tool book of limitless transformation. I've re- I'm rereading the book right now, prepping for our interview. And I just, I love this book. It really talks about how do you move from being led by your head to being led by your spirit or led by higher consciousness or infinite wisdom, source energy, God, whatever you call the highest power, uh, right, in the universe. How do you get, how do you, how do you tap into intuitive guidance versus your pre-programmed guidance in your brain, in your head. Janai is also the creator of what's called the Spirit Coach Method. When I first discovered Janai through Mike, it was because Mike led a guided meditation at a GoBundance mastermind that I was attending. And I'd known Mike as you know this business, successful business achiever. And when I heard he was leading a guided meditation, I was thrown off. I go, what? I go, Mike leads guided meditations, really? I was blown away. It was it was one of the best guided meditations I've ever been a part of. And I approached him afterwards and I was like, "How did where'd you learn that?" And that's how he told me about Janai. She her spirit coach method, she teaches people how to do what she does. And as a highly sought after intuitive coach, a speaker, trainer, Janai certifies coaches in this life-altering method that helps people effortlessly co-create from spirit. And her book reveals tools. That's what I love about it. It's very, it's practical spirituality. But her book reveals tools to awaken your greatest vision, fulfillment, and really the real you. 
And beyond that, she's a senior teacher at the Foundation for Spiritual Development. She's appeared in media worldwide, an award-winning entrepreneur. She has a free course that I will actually link to in the show notes, uh, as well as the email. It's called Out of Your Mind, Into Your Spirit, Tools to Transform Fear to Love. And you'll get instant access to meditations and webinars and videos and transformational tools that you need to whatever, heal, awaken, you know, just navigate this challenging time. And uh, again, she's really taught me to get out of my head, get into my heart, tap into spirit and access wisdom that is beyond me, if you will. You're going to get a, a real beautiful taste of Janai today and experience. And I'm excited because I just, I just finished this conversation with her and it was really enlightening for me to hear a lot of, uh, a lot of what she's taught me and be reminded of it. And, and a lot of, uh, a lot of new stuff, a lot of new wisdom that, uh, that I hope will be as helpful and meaningful for you as it has been for me. So without further ado, my good friend and my coach, Janai Lane. Here we go. Janai Lane, it is such a pleasure to connect with you in this space. Thanks, Hal. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So as I mentioned before we started recording, I've been, you sent a list of questions over a a while back um, that were just kind of thought joggers that we might discuss. I've been reading your book, or I should say rereading your book, Spirit Led Instead. As I'm reading the book, I'm underlining and I'm highlighting and I've got a running list, uh, a note on my phone of questions that just keep coming up for me that I want to ask you. And so with this running list, but with so much that we have, uh, the experience we have working together, we'll just kind of, as, as is your way of operating, just be spirit led and and let today's conversation go where uh, Mm -hmm. it it can go for its highest good. Yes, that would be wonderful. So let me ask you this. Let's start with, you know, you went from really being business minded and you were, had a wildly successful business and appearances on national TV and in magazine articles written about you and woman entrepreneur of the year at one point. And I know that was really your focus was this business success at one point in your life. And so my question is, how'd you go from being, you know, an ultra successful entrepreneur, uh, which I mean, you still are, but how'd you go from that focus to being what you refer to as spirit-led and becoming a spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on my journey with my my first company that I started, you know, I was really interested in, in the American dream, like many of us. You know, I wanted to build a successful company and I wanted all the things that we're told will make us happy. And, and I pursued all of those and I was quite successful with it. And I was sort of, you know, you could say at the top of my game in a way, I had the things that society, our culture tells us will make us happy. And yet there was this deep, deep hole inside. There was something missing. There was this deep longing. There was something that wasn't fulfilled. And there was this, you know, something was missing and it didn't make sense to me. I was confused because, you know, I kept saying, well, maybe it's the next thing. Maybe it's more money or maybe it's more accolades or maybe, you know, so I kept striving for those things and and kept achieving them. And 
And yet there was still this hole and I didn't understand it. And I knew something was missing and I had to find it, you know, being a kind of seeker of truth. And so that thing that was missing, you know, all the things that I was achieving were a lot of ego gratification. But what what was missing was really my heart and soul. And it's not that my heart and soul wasn't into what I was doing because what I was doing was very interesting to me and and creative and all of those things. I would I I had a consumer products company, so I would come up with different innovative products and uh, and sell those nationally and internationally. And then the the best part about my company was that I would tie it into nonprofits. So it was a socially responsible company. So we would raise money and awareness for certain nonprofits. And this is before not many companies were doing this. So that was very rewarding, being able to raise quite a bit of money for different nonprofits and visibility. So there was that part of my heart that was in it. But there was something that I was recognizing as, as I was moving down this path. And it was really interesting because I was a consumer uh, products company, I would get these downloads for new innovative products and they would only come in two places. And I would call this like my genius moments, you know, and it was funny. And those two places were when I was sleeping or in the shower. And I thought, well, what's the common denominator with these two things? You know, why is it happening? Because, you know, I would, in the middle of the night, I'd get this download and I'd write it down or I'd be in the shower and all of a sudden, oh, boom, there it would come. And I thought, wait a minute, these are the only two places where my mind is off. My Mm -hmm. mind is off. I'm not thinking. I'm in a totally relaxed state. And I'm outside of my mind. And I realized that was not only the goal to genius, to innovation, to creativity, but also to peace and to love and to compassion and to deep wisdom and truth. And that's what I was missing in my life. That's what I was missing. Those moments would happen fleetingly and they were rare. And I recognized, oh, that's what I needed more of. And that really put me on a path to explore this. It was like this little, little light, you know, that that I kind of saw, but it would go away, you know, and I would be like, where is it? Where is it? And when I actually decided, okay, I need to pursue this. There's something here that is really important. I've always been really interested in geniuses and people who are prolific and prophets and sages and mystics, you know. And I thought, well, gosh, what do all these people have in common that I really admire, you know? And and there was this through line of this, I would call it spirit or wholeheartedness or this this ability to go within and source something that is beyond mind. And then to utilize that, to bring it into the world. So I decided to really leave, walk away, leave all that behind. And most people thought I was pretty crazy to do, but I traveled all over the world and I sat with people, enlightened masters and people who I thought were a lot wiser than I was. And I started off asking really the wrong question, which is what should I do with my life? Because I thought I was doing the wrong thing with my life, but it wasn't the thing that I was doing that was the problem. It was who I was being. I needed to be connected to that highest, wisest part of myself, which is spirit, which is, we could call it the, the high spiritual heart, the, that 
divinity that lives in every single one of us. And so when I started to touch that through experience, not through books or not intellectually, but through my own experience, things began to really, really change in my life. And it's, it really started with a spiritual practice. And that's one of the things that I'm really, I feel is very important to, to share and teach with people, which is a, a daily consistent spiritual practice. And after about a year of really committing to that, because I had dabbled in and out of it for years, things changed dramatically in my life because not being so much because of what I was doing, but who I started to be, because who I started to be was resonating with my spirit or essence, my true self. And then that that's kind of like an attractor factor, you know? Once you start, it's like a tuning fork. Once you start taking that tuning fork and hitting it, you start attracting that that kind of harmony into your life and the situations and the people and all of the things. It's very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling. Mm. We'll never feel that sense of deep, deep fulfillment until we reveal, until we learn to be who we truly are. And really, that's the only goal here on this earth school that we're all in. That's the only goal. Because when we're doing that, guess what happens? We end up giving our contribution that only we can give. We end up serving in our highest capacity. We end up feeling fulfilled because we're actualizing that in the world. How many years ago uh, did you make this transition or when did it start? I would say probably about 20 years ago. Wow. So even the work you're doing now, or obviously your work's always evolving, but the spiritual work of shifting more from business to spirituality and kind of combining the two, it's been over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned something earlier, which is why it's so important to have a spiritual practice. And, and so I want to ask you how you define that. How do you define a spiritual practice? Why is it beneficial for somebody? Yeah, a spiritual practice is really a practice to illuminate the spirit within, the divine within, the the highest, wisest part. And there are different ways in. There's all kinds of different practices or ways in. The kinds that I teach are very specific, and I'll tell you why. Because I had tried so many different forms of meditation. Meditation is a big part of spiritual practice. And I never thought that meditation was for me. And the reason was, is I was actually practicing the wrong forms of meditation. So I was doing a lot of meditation where, you know, a lot of like Zen meditation, a lot of traditional meditation where you go in and you're supposed to just quiet the mind and you're supposed, it's supposed to just happen. But I always found that because I was always a very, you know, kind of type A and always creating thinking kind of person that when I'd sit down and try to do that, it didn't work for me. And I always felt like I failed because my mind would just go off and I didn't know how to turn it off. <laughs> that was a problem. Yeah. And so, so then I discovered through a series of, you could say, asking the divine, asking source, basically this question that changed my life, which is, how can I serve? How can I serve? So by asking this question, I started asking, how can I serve? How can I serve? How can I serve? And I started receiving a method, a methodology. Uh, I didn't know that's what I was receiving, but literally I couldn't stop writing for a year. A year. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a book. Well, it turns out 
It was a method, and it was a method of how to align with spirit. And it was, the method was a method that you could call it active meditation. And by active meditation, it means that you give the mind something to do to engage it until it lets go. So a lot of the practices that came through me, I didn't start teaching right away. These were all brought through to help me, actually. And, and I, the guidance that I received was, you need to do this for yourself before you share this with others. And of course, that's what I did. And it was very effective. And then I was curious to see, would this be effective with others? So then I started sharing it. And over these many, many years, it is a very, very effective way to help people that feel like they failed at meditation or can't do it, to really help them to meditate in a way that allows the mind to come with us, to get on board and to have something to do until it can release. So that the spiritual practice, going back to your initial question, spiritual practice is, you know, one of the most important things about it, I think, is that we have to have our heart in it. And it's in the Hindu tradition, it's called the bhakti path, the path of devotion. And the path of devotion means the path of the heart. And when we bring our heart to something, it changes that thing into something spectacular. If we leave it out and it just becomes this sort of rote, you know, method that we're following, we're not going to get what we want out of it because the heart has to be there. So in designing the spiritual practice, when I'm working with my clients, I bring that piece in so that people, they want to show up every day for their practice, that it opens their heart. It makes them feel that kind of juicy, delicious uh, connection to something greater. And so there's ways of weaving in different practices, different ways in to the divine, to source, to the divine within. And so designing a practice is probably the most important thing that someone can do because if we're not doing it in a way that is resonant, then it, it's kind of an exercise that isn't going to get us a lot. You what know, do you it's mean, not going to be so fruitful. Whether or not it's resonant. So resonant with our hearts. You know what I mean? You know how when you do something and your heart just expands and you're like, yeah, that's it. You know, you, you feel it. You feel it. So our spiritual practices have to be a felt sense. If it's just an intellectual exercise, it's not really enough to transform us or change us right? We have to bring the heart into it. This is really, really important. Well, and yeah, you talk about, uh, in, I think it's chapter one of Spirit Led Instead, why it's so important to be out of your mind to access your greatness. I think that's everything you're talking about right now from the transition you made, you know, realizing that, yeah, it's when I'm in the shower or when I'm sleeping that I have my most brilliant insights, right? And they're not where I'm using my conscious mind to, you know, power my way through a problem. So in terms of why why is it important? Is there anything to add on to that? Why is it important for all of us to be out of our mind in order to access our greatness? And obviously the spiritual practice that you're talking about, we might dive more into that in a minute, but um, helps you to be out of your mind. But But why is that important? Yeah, it's really critical. It's the most critical thing. When we're not 
when we're in the vehicle of the mind, we're in the, the construct of our egoic identity. We're not in present time. So we're in a thought about ourselves or a thought about something from the past or the future. And we're not actually here. And here in present time and present moment is where everything we want is. And so being out of our mind is not only, you know, when I say that, people laugh, you know, because they're like, I don't want to be crazy. But <laughs> being out of our mind is actually the key to knowing ourselves, knowing our true self, to to being stationed in essence, you know. We don't realize it because we're really taught to stay in that vehicle. You know, I see energy and most people live from the neck up. Mm. If you start paying attention, you'll feel it in yourself. You'll feel this where your energy resides is just in your head because that's where we're spending all of our time. But when we drop down deeper in what I call the, the high spiritual heart, which is the doorway to spirit, when we drop down deeper, you can feel it. It's a real felt sense. We feel more embodied. We feel more in our body. We feel more grounded, more rooted. We feel calmer, more peaceful. The mind is, is kind of a dangerous place to hang out because yeah. it's full of judgment, you know, self-judgment and judgment of others. And we think we need judgment to survive, but we don't. Judgment is something that keeps us separate from our true self and from others. And what we do need, though, is discernment. Discernment is the ability to discern what is true and what is not, what is aligned and what is not. And that comes from a deeper place. So. You can even try it right now with me, Hal. It's kind of a fun experiment, you know, because, (laughs) yeah, it's, it, it, because really to experience it is to understand it. So you can just, you know, as we're having this conversation and you're listening, you can kind of feel the energy in your head. You know, you can feel it. If you just start paying attention to say, well, where is my energy located right now? And you're just noticing it. And that's normal. You know, when we're in conversation, when we're reading, when we're listening, any kind of analytical activity, we're going to be here. But what we don't realize is when we stop doing those activities, we remain here. So we could be in the car, right? And we're, we drive from point A to point B and we, we haven't seen anything on the way because we're in our thoughts about the conversation we had yesterday. Or, or we're judging ourselves for something that we did 10 years ago, you know? And yeah. so we're not present. We're not fully present. So one way to bring yourself back is if you just touch, you take one hand and touch your your what I call your high heart and it's just like where your sternum is that little part that sticks out Mm -hmm. and you just place your hand there and imagine this is a really fun kind of silly thing but imagine that instead of your nose being on your face your nose is right there where your hand is and you're breathing into that point and you're just taking some deep breaths in to that point and you breathe in right into that point and you breathe out and you start noticing as you're breathing in and out that your energy is dropping down into this area so it's dropping down out of the head into the heart and as you drop down into the heart now the beauty the beauty of the heart is this is where that innate peace is And this is really important right now to be able to source peace because it's few and far between in the outer world. 
But we have this kind of peace that's innate in us, and it's not dependent on things working or not working. It's just already there. And as you're breathing in, you can imagine that that peace is coming in. And as you exhale, whatever is not peaceful is going out. This is what I call the breathing in peace and releasing what isn't technique. And it just allows you to kind of settle, you know, settle in to this centered, clear, and connected space. Now, can you feel that? Can you feel the difference between residing in the head and the heart? And what do you notice about that? How? Well, what's interesting, Janai, and you nor anyone listening probably knew this, but when we started talking, I I had a lot of pent-up energy around just things that happened earlier today and what's going on this afternoon. And I was in my head and it wasn't until the last minute or two that you just led me through this that I completely let go of all of that uh, kind of stressful energy. I'm so thankful because now I, I'm my hands on my heart. I'm breathing in there. I love the visual of the nose on the heart. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was really helpful. It's, 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 yeah. it really can it feel, you feel the breath so much more. So yeah, so now I feel really calm and really centered and really peaceful and out of my head, which is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the place, you know, really where we want to be because it's where our genius is, where we can access the wisdom and the truth. You know, life is a series of choices and how do we discern those choices? You know, and a lot of times we're in our head about it. We're going, well, you know, we make our list and we're this or that, but but the thing is, we have this internal GPS system, right? We could call it the God positioning system, right? And it knows, it knows go left or right. It knows there's something in us that knows, and it's undeniable. You know, we call it intuition. And I think it's our most underused and underrated asset because it is our GPS system. And we need that GPS system to navigate life to its highest and best. And that is is really different for each person. You know, if we look outside for our measures of success, we might achieve those from an external sense like I did, but it won't be fulfilling because it's not measuring up against your own heart and spirit. Mm. That was my journey. That's what I learned. That was my one of my big, big lessons in this lifetime. Um, and that's why I share this message so people don't go through it their entire lives. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, get to the end of their lives and there's a lot of regret. And, and it has more to do with probably one thing, you know, and that thing is, is love, is really love. Did I love? Did I give love? Did I receive love? Did I express my true self? Um, these are the things that are most important when we're leaving this world. And they've studied this. This is how we know, you know. And so why don't we take that information and start living different now? Because it changes our own life, but it also serves the whole. It serves humanity when we do that. Because what I found in, in the thousands of people I've worked with in these many years is I found I work with a lot of very, very successful people that are in their heads a lot. What I find is when I get them linked up to their heart and soul, their heart and spirit, is it's gangbusters because all of a sudden, 
they're serving in an entirely new way and they they give the gifts that they came to give to this world and that makes the world a better place which feels really good right and it's a beautiful thing for me as a facilitator it is my greatest joy is to to see this happen I'll give you an example of someone that, you know, had extreme success. And he, you know, when he came to me, he knew there was something missing, but he didn't know what it was. And he was kind of a kind of a tough guy, you know, kind of a, a guy that, you know, everybody looked up to because he was a quite a, a major business success. And but we started working together. I started teaching him spiritual practice. He started really you know, seeing the value of it just because he could see he was so much more productive in his days when he was doing his practice and things like that. But what was even more important than that was he dropped into this new vision for his life that he had no idea existed. And this vision was so out of his realm of what was normal. And, and this vision came to him when, when we were doing a meditation. And the vision was he saw all these children and, and, he, and he was teaching these children about peace, what peace is and how to create it. Now, this was not something that was in his world at all. You know, it was way out of left field. And he thought, well, this is weird. But it, he knew there was something resonant there. Well, he actually started working with this vision more and more, and over the years it developed, and it developed into an actual program where he started bringing peace education into the public school system in his city, into every public school system, and and changed his community. When you drive into his city on the sign, it says, we are a child-honoring community. Wow. And that came from his, the wisdom of his heart, the wisdom of his soul. And it was hidden. He didn't even know it was there. And even when it came up, it was like, what? You know, but this, this is what happens. It was very, very rewarding for him. And it also contributed. And he's become a model to other cities across the nation. So I feel, I feel that every single one of us has that greatness in us. We're all visionaries. We all are. We just have to learn to source it. That's it. Now, you're, I love this, and, and I've experienced it firsthand having worked with you for, you know, I think probably over a year now. And so to kind of bring all of this together, um, you've talked about why being out of your mind to access your greatness is, is so important, right? Tapping into that higher intelligence, divinity, higher consciousness, God, uh, universal, you know, source energy, et cetera, whatever one might call it, whatever label they might put on it, but tapping into your high spiritual heart, as you often refer to it, um, mm-hmm. why that's so important uh, to, to access our intuition, to get that guidance that will lead us to our highest self allow our highest self to emerge and create the life, experience the life that we really want, all of these things. And you mentioned early on that arguably the most important component of this is that we've got a spiritual practice that we do every day so that we can tap into and nurture our high spiritual heart. Obviously the miracle morning is, you know, is a daily morning spiritual practice that that I've mm-hmm. taught for many years. You have a specific what you call the three C's. And I actually I, you know, I I do these, I don't do them every day, um, but mm-hmm. I do integrate them into my miracle morning very often, including this morning. Um, and it was a beautiful experience this morning. So it's the centering, mm-hmm. the hearing, the connecting. This is your five minute spiritual practice that you taught me. 
and you've taught you know hundreds, thousands of other people. So I think that would be a really cool way to end on a very high note is to uh, to share that with our listeners if you're up for that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, the three C's, you know, they're so simple and so easy to get, do. And often the, you know, those, that simplicity in our practice can, can really lead to great things. So let me take you through the three C's, centered, clear, and connected. And here's what I say about when you're going to try something new. My suggestion would be just show up 100%, be a scientist in your own life, try it for at least three weeks before you throw it out. Because a lot of times uh, it doesn't stick right away. Sometimes in the beginning, you know, we struggle a little bit or we're not feeling it. So just keep doing it. And then if it doesn't work, feel free to throw it out, but but really give it your all first. And I like to always approach things with a beginner's mind, you know, because when we have that beginner's mind, meaning, you know, we don't have any assumptions about it. We just, you know, maybe we've been practicing for years and years and years and we say, well, yeah, I've been there, done that. Well, if we show up that way, we're not going to really get what we need out of it. So beginner's mind, show up 100%, be a scientist in your own life. All right, so the first C, centered. Now, we're going to use our mind and we're going to use visualization and imagination because we're going to take our mind with us so our mind is on board. We're giving our mind something to do so it doesn't distract until it lets go and relaxes. So first thing you're going to do for centered is you're just going to imagine a tree, like a really, your favorite tree, a sturdy, big, beautiful tree. I like to imagine redwoods because I live in Northern California. And these, we have these redwoods here. You could just drive a truck through. They're so ancient and old yeah. and beautiful. And so imagine that tree, the, the trunk of the tree, and it's just surrounding you, especially all the way up to the heart area. So your sternum and you really feel it. You're, you really feel the trunk of that tree. And it's surrounding you. It's like someone has your back, you know? You can lean back. You can relax. You're held. You're held. And this is really important. What I love about these old trees is, hey, they've been here long before I have been here, and they'll be here long after, you know? And trees are part of nature, and so is our body, you know? And we, we need to be connected to nature, so that's why we feel so good when we're out in the woods or at the beach because it really heals us. So as we visualize this tree holding us, holding our heart, there's a beautiful white light in the center and we can feel the tree going down, down, and it's going down through our whole lower body and into the earth. And deep down at the center of the earth, there is, is a beautiful crystal. It's like the heart of Mother Earth. It's like this beautiful crystal. And, and our roots of our tree are going down, sinking down into that deep, rich soil. And it's going all the way down into the heart of Mother Earth. And as it goes down, our roots go in, into that heart of Mother Earth, into that sustenance, that beautiful nurturing energy. And we can draw up that energy into our bodies. We can feel it. So our heart and the heart of Mother Earth can be one heart 
And you think about this great planet that we're on, that it supports all of life. What a miracle that is. And that we too are supported. We too are connected and supported. And you can feel that connection. You can feel that rootedness as you feel yourself more and more centered and anchored in this tree. Now, this tree is quite flexible, just like trees are in the wind. But it's, it's solid. It's holding you. And you feel that, that centeredness. You can sort of feel it. And that's the important thing is to really tune into the subtle shifts in these embodied states that happen. And then we're going to move to the second C, which is clear. And this is clearing our energy field because we are energy. So when you touch, again, your high heart there, there is this light in there. It's almost like a, you could think of it as a diamond that's sparkling. And it begins to expand or grow, forming this beautiful white light around you beautiful white light and it's starting to expand so it's growing five feet above you behind you below you in front of you and it's forming a seal of brilliant white light and it's very soothing and calming for the body very protective it's like you're creating your own weather you know so whatever's happening outside you are creating the highest and best, most beautiful, you could say, spring day inside. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty. We have choice over our inner dominion, not so much over our outer, but our inner we do. And we can create this inner radiance by creating this clear, clear, beautiful space inside, this beautiful white light. And then as we move to the third C, this is connected. This is that connected to something greater, you know, that something greater, whatever we call it, source, the divine God. And we can see a beautiful golden light and it's just coming down. It's just flowing down like a waterfall. And sometimes this waterfall is gentle and sometimes it's very strong, depending on what we need. And the good news is that this light has a divine intelligence, knows what we need. And so we just welcome it in. We just allow it. It's brilliant golden light flooding down, flooding down, connecting us to that something greater as it moves into our head and neck and shoulders and floods our heart with this brilliance flowing through our arms and legs, down our tree trunk or grounding cord all the way into the earth just gently releasing what isn't fruitful what we don't need and filling us with this connection to essence to source this connection to that something greater for we are one with it this is our ability to co-create that oneness to choose it to choose it and we just fill up and we take this throughout our day you know we these three c's are something that we can utilize not just in meditation for five minutes but we can draw on this throughout our day the more we practice this cumulatively the easier it is to 
in a moment's notice, like snapping our fingers, one, two, three, we become centered, clear, and connected. Mm. And think about what that would mean for our lives. You know, we're walking through the world this way. Not only are we centered, clear, and connected, but we're sending this out so others can choose it too. We become a healing force for others, just walking through the world. So every time we sit down to do our practice, one of the things that that I always say to myself is, not only am I doing this for my own benefit, but I'm doing it for the benefit of others. And that really motivates me. That inspires me, actually, because I'm inspired by service. I think many people are. So what are you noticing, Hal, as you're doing this with me? So uh, for me, I, I think I notice the opposite, which is instead of being centered, clear, and I'm sorry, what's the third one I'm drawing? Connected. Connected. Um, I think that most people are scattered, unclear, and disconnected, right? Like that's some kind of our our state of being. It's definitely not optimum. You know, it's, we're not able to show up in our, the best version of ourselves when we are scattered, you know, unclear and disconnected. And so um, this practice for me has been not just something I do in the morning to get centered, clear, and connected, but um, at any time throughout the day when I feel any one of those as as I've practiced those. And at first, I told you when we first started, I'm like, ah, the oak tree or the, you know, the the picturing of the tree, like that doesn't really, my brain fights that that's so un, not real for me. And But it's like anything, anything new is uncomfortable feels awkward you know you don't always resonate on day one and I just yeah. keep doing it and then it just it now it's like it's just it's an anchor it's automatic that vision of that tree that vision of that white light that bubble the vision of the light coming down like all of those instantly move me into either of those three states if I do them separately or typically I do it all together but uh, but I will use often throughout the day like if I have if I'm if I'm in a situation where I'm having um, any conflict with another person or any any anything any energy even like the news right like the the global pandemic we're facing I'll use the second component the, the second C to get clear and uh, and imagine that that white light and how it's just kind of a force field keeping yeah. energy away. And only letting in the positive energy, right? So it's like these these yes. three tools can be used separately and or together. So yeah, it's been really yeah. really helpful for me. And 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 you said something that I do I want to just echo, which is one of the, the message I've been talking about for the last you know month or two. Kind of the central message is: look, there's a lot going on in the world that we can't control. In fact, most of what goes on in the world, if not all of it, it, it you know it's out of our control. It's out there in the world. And that the the only real thing that we have, we're, the only place we can find our you know our certainty, our peace is is, is within, and yeah. you know that we we can become this beacon of light and hope and joy and enthusiasm unconditionally. Like it doesn't, it, we can choose. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. Every day I set up or I wake up. I'm intentional. I have a spiritual practice. I get centered. I get clear. I get connected. And I set my intention, which you talk beautifully about intention, but I set my intention uh, and I go out in the day and, and every person I come in contact with is better because of who I bring to the world. And so, yeah, you've given me that gift uh, and, and so many more. So I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Mm, beautiful. I love how you, you stated that. Yeah, it is so true that we, who we're being really makes a difference 
to others, to those people we come in contact with. And now more than ever, you know, I think we've never really had control. I mean, we had the illusion of control, but now we really get to see that. I think that's the gift coming out of this global pandemic. That's the real gift that I hope people are, are seizing the opportunity that we don't have control, but we do have choice over our inner dominion, what's going on within us. And when we strengthen that and build that, we can become a healing force on the planet and for others, which is what's needed right now. We need to rethink some of the, the ways that we, we do things um, here on this great earth plane uh, in, in many ways, you know, how we treat the earth, how we treat others. These things are, are all things that change when we become connected to our true nature because our true nature is loving and compassionate and wise and recognizes our, our innate oneness with all things. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's really empowering to realize that, oh, all the things that stress me out every day, they don't have to. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm allowing and, and, centering, clearing, and connecting. Like, right? I'm allowing it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, and also the the pandemic and what's happening. It's so extreme that you realize all the things you were stressing out about yeah. previously really are not. They're so small, you know, in yeah. comparison. And so then you you have to ask yourself, okay, well, wait a minute here. I actually do have choice. There is a choice about how I respond to whatever is happening. And that's probably my only choice. Yeah. That's real. That's actually real. And, and when we start responding differently, we actually start changing outcomes. That's the beauty. Well said. Well, Janai, you and I could, uh, I could talk with you for all day. I know I've got a bit of a time constraint, but uh, I, I'd love to have you back on because uh, we've only scratched the surface of, of the wisdom that, that I know that you, um, that you have to share. So uh, yeah, if you're up for it, let's, uh, let's tentatively plan on doing this again, yeah? Yeah, love to. Happy to. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I really, 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 really appreciate you for personally, just the impact you've had in, in my life and continue to have. Um, I review our coaching notes. It's in my, it's actually part of my miracle morning is to re- go back and read part of our coaching notes all the time. And uh, just because oh, there's great. so much wisdom within. So goal achievers, thank you for tuning in today. I, I told you in the beginning when I introduced Janai that uh, she operates from a, a different place than most people. It's a place of spirit. And uh, I hope that that encouraged you, invited you to consider that that there is another dimension beyond the mind for us to tap into and for us to gain wisdom and gain clarity uh, and gain guidance from that and be spirit-led instead. And of course, that is her book, Spirit-Led Instead, The Little Toolbook of Limitless Transformation. You can get it on Amazon in multiple formats. And uh, Goal Achievers, I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. Take care, everybody. Goal Achievers, that was fun talking to Janai. I love Janai and I really meant what I said there about I could keep talking to her. I wish I did not have that time constraint that I had. We've got to have her back on. I also wanted to mention that you can find her at spiritcoachtraining.com and you can actually sign up there for a free discovery session to see if spirit coaching is right for you or you can purchase her book Spirit Led Instead on Amazon. I think I mentioned that during the podcast. On her website, you can find out about upcoming online courses, retreats, online free events. She offers a lot of different resources and value for people. And as I mentioned earlier, 
my good friend, Mike McCarthy, who interestingly enough, I'm going to go have dinner with uh, in a few minutes. Mike is the one that introduced me to Janai. And remember, he'd been coached with her for, I still need to get, if it's like nine years or 11 years or 13 years, it's a lot of years, like roughly a decade, give or take a few years. Mike, uh, she has been Mike's spirit coach and uh, she's been mine for about a year. So I uh, highly recommend checking out her website, spiritcoachtraining.com. And uh, until next week, enjoy yourself. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.